0: Homestyle Green, Episode 84, Map, Wrap, Gaps, Taps, and Apps. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm Matthew cutler Welsh, the host of the show, and this is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Thank you very much for tuning in, and thanks for all the feedback on iTunes as well. It's been a fantastic month for Homestyle Green. Really appreciate you joining the show. And if there's any suggestions, comments, questions that you uh, have or would like to um, suggest some some changes to the show, then get in touch. Love to hear from you. You can email me uh, directly, matthew at homestylegreen.com. Or head over to homestylegreen.com and you can uh, contact me through the website. This week we're going to talk about wraps, taps, and wraps, gaps, taps, and apps. Um, But before we get into that, I've got a few things that I'd just like to uh, uh, talk about or announce. Firstly, I had a great weekend over on Waiheke Island and very um, grateful to be asked over to the inaugural. Uh, Good Life Expo as part of the um, EcoFest Waiheke. Great event, very well attended and some really good, interesting exhibitors there and some other presentations as well. So uh, very fortunate to be able to go over there. Such a great place, so close to Auckland and, and some beautiful scenery out there on the gulf. So it was nice to get over there and I'm going back again next weekend for some house tours. The Tread Lightly tours are on uh, Saturday and Sunday, 4th and 5th of October, 2014. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future, then you've probably missed it for 2014, but uh, stay tuned for future events because I have a suspicion that they might be doing this one again because there's been lots of good interest And I'm really excited to go and check out some of these houses. There are two tours. There's a rural tour, two rural tours on the Saturday, and I'm actually leading one, I'm guiding one of the urban tours on Sunday. And it's going to be great. We're going to go around and look at a bunch of houses where people have done their own versions of sustainable homes and I'm really looking forward to meeting those people and um, well, not only the people in those homes, but also the people who are interested in coming and looking at those homes. If you'd like to get more information about that, then head over, over to EcoFestWaihiki.com or if you just look up EcoFest you then you'll, uh, you'll find it. They're also on Facebook and I'll put a link to those tours in the show notes. Something else that's uh, worth checking out is a website and a podcast by a friend of mine, Caesar Abid. Now, I came across Caesar Abid from another friend of mine, Ben Adam Smith, who I've talked about on the show and had on the show actually over at houseplanninghelp.com. Definitely check out his uh, website and podcast as well. But head on over to PM for the masses. That's Project Management for the masses. This is uh, Caesar's new site, and he's got also got a great podcast. So if you're looking for other things to listen to from iTunes, then check out PM for the dot com. Now Caesar is writing a book all about project management, and why is this relevant to you? Well, if you're planning a home for yourself, if you're planning a, a, a renovation or a new build, then you've got yourself a project on your hands. And if you are a professional who designs houses or builds houses for other people, then you've got a whole bunch of projects on your hands. And the thing I like about Caesar's approach to project management is he's very experienced, particularly in the construction sector, so it's very relevant experience, but he he makes it, as the title suggests, for everyone. And he dispels some of the myths and and digs into some of the, as he calls it, the secrets of project management from the professionals, but makes it simple and actionable. And that's going to be the topic of a new book that he is currently uh, writing and in production. And he's just launching a Kickstarter campaign. So head on over to pmforthemasses.com and definitely stay hooked into that. Uh, subscribe to his podcast and be the first to know when that comes out because I think it's going to be a fantastic resource righty, and just before we get into today 's topic, i'd like to do a quick shout out to Nodora, who have been fantastic to support this show and help bring it to you free each week. If you are looking at doing a renovation or a new build, then definitely do check out this insulated concrete form. It's a great way of building quickly, efficiently and just to a high degree of thermal performance which is what we all need more of in our houses wherever you are. Uh, If you're in a hot climate or a cold climate, um, you definitely want to get some good insulation and the thing I really like about Nudora and I'm appreciating this more and more is that the insulation, as well as being on the inside... It's on the outside, and that's where you need it. We, we need to get better at putting insulation on the outside of our buildings, on the outside of the structure. And we don't do that well enough here, but Nedora will do it for you. So go to nodora.com or nz and check it out. Okay, map, wrap, gaps, taps, and apps. That's pretty much what it boils down to, or what I've boiled down, good design. Uh, to those five elements. And I'll put a uh, an image up in the show notes, but it's basically three parts. So the first part is the map. Second part is the wraps, gaps, taps. And then the third part is the app. So if you can just visualize that uh, as you're listening. Let's start with map. And just before we do get started into this, the other nice thing about this model is that if you follow it from left to right, as I've described it, that pretty much flows through the ideal process of a new build or a fairly major renovation. If you've got an existing house and you're wanting to improve that, then the model kind of works the other way around. You start from the other end and go from start with apps and then work back through the other way. And I'll explain that a little bit as we go. All right. So number one, is map. Now, this obviously is all about where your building is going to be. Where is your house? Right from the bigger picture of where are you going to live, where are you looking at in the part of the world, where do you want to be situated? And this is something in my case that we we thought about when we moved up into Auckland. We had a few criteria, not just about the type of house that we wanted to live in, but we started with a map. And I started with the train stations and the schools and proximity to the the city. And I think a lot of us do think about that to some degree. Certainly it's, uh, I guess, the old location, location, location. This is a – it's very similar to that. And there's definitely a lot of value in the location, but not just because of the resale price or the school zone, although school zone is relevant – but it's it's about walkability. It's about connection with the community. It's about how how far it's going to. Um, you're going to have to travel on a daily basis to get to the places you want to be. So map is definitely the starting point because the big picture here is like the topic of the show, creating a better place to live, and a lot of the expense and the lifestyle that we create comes from the place where we choose to live. And our lifestyle is governed by how much time we spend travelling to and from our workplace. And also the community that we're um, located in definitely defines us and we, and we have the ability to define that community. So don't underestimate the power of choosing the, the location of where you're going to uh, build your home. But also within that location, orientation is a big part. So I put orientation in with this concept of, of map. How, um, What direction your house is going to face in terms of the sun, but also obviously views, um, street appeal, all those other aspects also come into play there. So map is the first consideration. Once we get that sorted... And also linked to that, I also put size because um, map is about the the geometry of that location. And some uh, some settings do suit a larger home, but I always just caution people about that size of that house as well, because you really do need to consider just how much how much space do you really need versus how much have you been told you need, or how much of uh have you been told that would be a good idea for this um elusive re- resale down in the track nothing worse than building a four or five bedroom home uh 250 square meters of it if there's only going to be two of you in there for the the vast majority of the time so definitely consider the size of the home um and whether that's appropriate for that particular location all right so map is uh is an important one wraps, gaps, and taps. Wrap is all about the thermal envelope. And we've talked a lot about the thermal envelope on this show. And the reason why that is the first thing to consider when you're looking at the actual structure of the house is because you can do everything else as well as you like, but if you haven't wrapped it up, then you're going to be, you're just not going to get a very good result. So wrap is so important. It's it, The thermal envelope is about getting the house really well insulated and about having a complete layer of insulation. I've actually got a video about the importance of um, the thermal envelope and, and how we define the thermal envelope. And one of the key things about that thermal envelope is not putting holes in it and that's something that we often do through things like downlights or we leave big gaps in the corners where the walls join onto the roof and onto the floor. And also remember that windows are basically holes in the wall and particularly roof windows are holes in the roof. Even if you double or even triple glaze them, they're still holes. A double glazed window has an R value of about maybe 0.34 if you up up spec a little bit to uh, low e and um, maybe some argon in there as well you might get it up to almost almost 0.4 for a high spec window but a good well insulated wall can have an r value of 3 3 3.6 so a wall has still got 10 times the amount of insulating property than a very, very good window. Bearing in mind that it's just a standard double-glazed window is probably only about two point two six. So it's less than a tenth of the heat is going to be kept in through a window. Basically, a window is a very good conductor. So just think about that when you're sizing up your windows and looking at this amazing view. Also bear in mind that a good view doesn't necessarily mean you have to have floor-to-ceiling windows, you might actually frame a view better by having a smaller window. So that's thermal envelope and the wrap, making sure your house is going to be wrapped up really, really well. And we've talked about that and the details of that. I can probably go on and on about the importance of that. But moving on, the next important one is gaps. And we divide gaps into two different types. There are the gaps... Firstly that you don't want and then there are the gaps that you do want. Now gaps are also holes that you have in your thermal envelope but these are bigger and more obvious holes. Now the holes that you don't want are all the ones that lead to infiltration and that is drafts or air movement. So the classic place for those would be underneath doors or around windows um, through the framing where services and cables and pipes are running or leaky floorboards or areas where things just haven't been joined up very well. Now, they might not be completely obvious. It might be where um, there, there, might get, there might be gaps hidden underneath the, uh, uh, the, the lining. So a classic one would be um, PowerPoint outlets on the wall. Typically here in New Zealand and I know in Australia as well, those don't get sealed up very well. But overseas, it's pretty common that those will be, once they've been installed and the cables have been poked through, then they'll get filled up with foam or you'll squirt foam or, or put some sort of adhesive box over the back of them to stop any drafts from going up through the wall and in through the outlet because that outlet's got holes in it. And there is a very easy pathway there for cold air. Now that might seem a little bit pedantic if you if you haven't come across that before. You know how the, the holes in a in a PowerPoint are pretty small, but if you think about all the powerpoints that you've got in your home and realise that air can possibly get through there, then that all adds up to quite a big, sizable hole. Another way to think about these holes is. What would happen if you immersed your house underwater? <laughs> now, that conjures up some pretty nasty images, and I wouldn't recommend testing this out. But it's a useful way to think about the things that we do to our houses that wouldn't um, wouldn't stand up to the big submersion test. And it's a really good clue as to where we might have some problems with heat loss. Uh, through that the, through the structure of the house, because clearly that's a, an avenue where um, water would run in if your house was submerged. Now the issue with that is that the the concept of airtightness is really about control. So a lot of people get a little bit scared about air tightness and say, "Well, sure, well, I could go around and plug up all those gaps, but I don't actually want it to be plugged, and I don't want it to be airtight." Well. I'm I'm telling you that you do want your house to be airtight, but under your own terms. And all these areas like PowerPoints, uh, around doors, and through floorboards, definitely through floor ceilings. I mean, this is a really good reason not to have downlights. They're all avenues for the uncontrolled flow of air. And I'm definitely not saying that I want you to live in a a sealed box that 's absolutely not what I 'm saying. What I am saying is that when you when you close the door, you want the door to be closed, and when you want the win- when you close the window, you want the window to be closed. so you want to have that sense of control and If you have lots of gaps that aren't planned, you have infiltration and you have draftiness, and then you don't have control. so think about all those places where you don't want to have gaps. Now, the places where you do want to have gaps, and it is very important to have some holes under your terms, are things like the extraction hob in your kitchen. You definitely want some suction to draw that air out of the kitchen, to draw the warm, damp air from the kitchen and the stovetop. Same in the bathroom. You want to have a hole in your bathroom ceiling that's connected to a duct with a fan to extract that warm, damp air. Your windows, like I've said, are also holes in, in your thermal envelope and they're really useful holes not least of which the obvious of um, looking at the view and having sunlight come into your house but you want to be able to open those windows and you want to be able to open them on your own terms so things like safety latches and double tongue latches are very important for having those gaps open and available for passive ventilation when you want them so that's gaps And there are the two categories, the gaps that you don't want and you need to seal those up really, really well or try and design them out of your building. And then there are the gaps that you do want, which are the holes for either active or passive ventilation. And the third part of that middle component, that that middle component, the second major step, uh, is taps. And this stands for everything to do with water. Now, Unfortunately, in a lot of parts of New Zealand, I know that we don't really care too much about water. Our counterparts over in Australia do care about water because they pay a lot more for it and they don't have as much of it. And there are a couple of places in New Zealand where we do get some water bills and maybe we do care about it just a little bit. But some people are firm believers, and I'm one of them, that we will care more and more about water. Even if you don't care about water, though, you probably do care about energy and things like water efficient shower heads are probably more important for most of us as an energy saving device than they are as a water saving device. Same goes for kitchen taps. A lot of kitchen taps just gush out huge amounts of water and you end up wasting water, but you're also running uh, running lots of uh, warm water through your pipes and you're paying for all that heat to heat up the warm water. So Um, good water-efficient fittings, that's bathroom taps, kitchen taps, shower heads, and toilets, are a great option for improving the sustainability of your home. They're also really, really easy to do. Most fittings uh, supplied now have to have a Wells rating, so that's the little half-circle of blue stars, and it stands for Water Efficiency Labelling Scheme. So they'll all have a sticker on those, and you can see what that rating is on most websites and product suppliers also display that world's rating. Basically, the the higher that star rating, the better and you definitely want to be tending towards more water-efficient devices where you can. Above and beyond that, it's also a good idea if you can incorporate some rainwater collection because that's just going to save you more money and also make your home more resilient as well. So that ties up that middle component of what our house is made up of. So that's the wraps, gaps, and the taps. And a final, the third stage is what I call apps. And this tends to be the sort of sexy bit that a lot of people jump straight onto when they say they want to make their house a bit more eco or a bit more energy efficient. And it's all the stuff that we put in our house or how we operate our house. And this this app stands for appliances, but it's also things like PV panels, it's heat pumps, it's refrigerators, TVs. It all, could also include lighting, uh, things like LED lights. And the other thing I would throw into that category more and more so would be home automation. And these are all things that I love. And I think we can get pretty excited about some of these new uh, technologies that we've got available for controlling our home and, and appliances to put in our home. But I've put them last in this design model for a very good reason. And I want to come back to wraps again because you can fill up your roof with as much PV as you like. You can have the most energy-efficient refrigerator that you like, and you can have the flashiest, latest app on your phone that's connected to your every device in the house and control it remotely. None of that is going to make any difference if you don't have a good thermal envelope. And that's why I've put wraps and then gaps and taps before apps. However, I also understand that if you've got an existing house, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is probably somewhere an area that you can start fairly easily on and it might just be things like changing LED, changing to LED lights or if your fridge has given up the, uh, given up the ghost, then getting a new energy-efficient refrigerator or maybe installing a heat pump um, as a really efficient way of heating your home. I do recognise that for a lot of us with existing houses, we can't do much about where our house is located because we're there. We can't do much about the insulation in the walls, not easily, unfortunately, anyway. Um, And we can can do a little bit about improving the, the drafts and the gaps around our houses. So that's why I think this model works quite well in reverse if you have an existing house that you're trying to improve. But if you are doing a renovation or looking at designing a new house from scratch, then you want to start right at the back of the beginning. Start with the map. Where are you going to locate your house within the community? And how is it going to be orientated on its section? Once you've figured that out, so that's where it is, then figure out what it's going to be made of. And that's when you go into wraps, gaps, and taps. And then finally, at the far end, you can start getting into the cool stuff, the sexy stuff, the PV panels, the heat pumps, the LED lights, the home automation, and all the appliances that you want to put in there. So that's it in a nutshell, my model of home design or home improvement. Map, wrap, gaps, taps, and apps. I'll put some images and maybe even some slides or a link to some slides on the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on that or any other topics on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can drop me an email, Matthew at HomestyleGreen.com. And I do have a couple of emails sitting there which I will get around to answering on the show in the coming weeks would also love to get some feedback and some ideas on some other interviews. I've got uh, a couple of interviews that I'm lining up at the moment, but I'd love to hear from uh, you if you're a homeowner or if you're a designer involved in building better homes. That's enough for me for this week. Don't forget to uh, check out the um, PM for the Masses. Website that I checked out that's Caesar beat, and also his um, podcast, PM for the Masses. It's available in iTunes. Also, if you are around in Auckland next weekend, head on over to ecofestwaihiki.com and it'd be great to see you on those home tours. And one final mention for our lovely sponsors for this show that is Nidora. And you can find out lots about insulated concrete forms over at nodora.com or energyefficientbuilding.co.nz. That's enough for me. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Matthew Cutler Welsh. Now go make a better place to live.